it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday. Hope you had an awesome weekend. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, director Matthew in the house. On Twitter, it's at Show. Doing all right? You guys have a good weekend? You relax? You stay out of the heat? Play any golf? You mow the lawn? Trim the hedges? Clean the gutters? You had time this weekend. Could have done it all. Could have contemplated that, uh, I don't know, you could be obsessed with, uh, you know, no, no, Verbals either, right, Tom? No verbals over the weekend, I don't think. It was a big recruiting weekend. Right? Oh, that's correct. No verbals. No verbals. You get to talk about it tonight on the Smash. You guys can have at it. Tell everybody. Uh, no fear. Actually, sounds like it was a good weekend. Sounds like it was a good weekend. By the way, we are. Well, I like I like doing it this way. It's, it's manipulative, admittedly, but I like doing it this way. Tomorrow marks 59 days, sir. Woo! Until the start of college football. Tomorrow does. We're 69 days away from Florida State football. Nice. The obligatory. By the way, you do the research on that number. You know, it's usually pretty easy for people. The first number I thought of, and I'm not as good at numbers. Like a lot of fans, diehard know everybody's number. I'm not always that way. The guy I thought of uh, was Pat McNeil. uh, And I double-checked it before the show because I was pretty sure he was. And I was right. He was. From 90 to 94, he he was number 69. Um, there haven't been that many great players uh, to wear number 69. Mike Good played 76 through 79, was an All-American honorable mention, and you know, but I don't remember him, I, obviously, and I didn't really see. I, I guess I did see him play when I was eight, but don't really remember it. So not slim pickings when it comes to the number 69 and, and you know, trying to celebrate who's next on that countdown. That's okay, though, because soon enough we'll be down into the 40s where we can talk about tight ends and H-backs. <laughs> well, um, there's some, you know, there have been some good names uh, in the in the 60s as we count this down and you go back and look, but um, not not this particular number. I, I know this. As far as the weekend that was, the report, Michael Langston, others saying that uh, it was a good weekend for Florida State. And you had a lot of commits that were already, you know, you weren't really worried about. Then there are the guys that you're the uncommitted prospects that you're like, all right, how are we doing with Jonathan Daniels? You know me. I'm looking straight at the offensive and defensive line, defensive end, defensive tackle, offensive line. All right, that's fine. You're going to get a wide receiver in all likelihood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to get D.D. Holmes? You're going to get Jonathan Daniels? You're going to get these are the guys that I'm looking at where I'm saying, all right, positions of need, guys that have, um, you know, Elite size and 
project great. I'm Danzy fine. He's running back. I'm not worried about running back. We got a million running backs for what it's worth. Sounds like we're going to get Danzy. Great. I, I, I mean, I, we have a lot of running backs. We're good at running back. We're really good at running back. Let's direct some money and attention towards defensive end, offensive line and linebacker. Let's go there. But the folks that were here, I think for the most part, uh, everything went well. Um, it sounds like, Tom, maybe you're more in tune on this. I haven't talked to everybody uh, about these guys and each one of these guys, and, you know, Elijah Moore, the receiver and all that. I'm just kind of curious. sounds like for Florida State, just to, this is just to inform for people who are kind of on edge about this, sounds like the vast majority of the verbals that they're going to get don't happen until July, and in some cases maybe late July. But, like, that first week in July uh, – when you're on vacation, I think it's when it's all <laughs> going correct. down. Yeah, yes. I think that's when it's all going down. That's okay, though. Sounds like it. Uh, to me. There are there's at least one announcement on July 4th that right. we already know of. Yeah, but I don't know. Sometimes the universities like to do holiday things, which I think is dumb. Yeah, nobody's paying attention. Nobody pays attention. No, I would rather them do it right now. How about uh, 1:15 p.m. on a Monday? <laughs> that would garner much more attention than say yeah. July 4th at noon when people are either at the beach or cooking out or in the pool or whatever. Mm -hmm. Not caring about recruiting. Uh, but, yeah, it sounds like July is going to be the target for some of these kids. Again, this isn't firsthand. I'm not out there on the ground like Michael was or Matt Lasser or Irish Chauffel yesterday because we're 15 OVs strong here at Florida State over the weekend. But then also Charles Lester, a big-time big defensive player, defensive back. That's he late July. The 27th, yeah, I want to say it is. I think they're going to get a him, man. I don't think that's really in peril from what I'm hearing. That, that's that's going to be a get. But sometimes the kids can't help themselves. And and I say this to the kids. Yes, you're correct to not be able to help yourself. Go ahead. Tell the world that you are committed to Florida State and do so sooner. Because if you want people to stop worrying amongst the Florida State fan base, your future fan base, that would help. And then also it would garner more attention than if you did something, you know, next week. A lot. This is in addition to MLB All-Star Week. This upcoming week is the one where everybody's gone. You have to. You want real? You've got to get your mind right, and that's the time to get your mind right when nothing's happening. You want to make a splash? Don't do it when other people are splashing in the ocean or the pool. <laughs> and that would be this week. Uh, I thought it was cool. Aslan did a great job going up there to cover Jordan Travis's trip to the Manning camp. I mean, look, you know, everybody's well aware of what time of year it is. But Jordan Travis's ascent into the worlds of elite quarterbacks is really quite remarkable. And every now and again, in moments like this one, I'm reminded of just how far he's come and how long this journey has been for him. So good job to our own Aslan, who, who drove up there to the Manning camp and got a one-on-one -on -one with Jordan. And I thought, you know, Jordan, Jordan never gives a lot in interviews, man. He just doesn't. Um, I think he's a boring interview. Uh, I, that doesn't bother me. I'm not. This is not a personal criticism of Jordan Travis. He's just pretty much going to tell you the things that he knows that he's supposed to say. Um, and that's fine. A lot of quarterbacks, by the way, are that way. A lot of quarterbacks. You know, Tom Brady's not interesting when you listen to him be interviewed. Um, when when you when he's interviewed, you're like, okay, here we go. Trust the process. Yeah, that that's what you're going to get. And uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, and and so and you know, Peyton Manning wasn't interested. Interesting, and he wasn't interested in being interviewed. A lot of these guys are about that business, which is fine. You're the leader. You got to put in the time. You got to put in the work. You got to be with them. You got to do all those things in preparation. 
I don't need you to be great in interviews. But the point would be him, there were a couple of moments there where he was talking. First of all, I'm glad that he said it. It's it's affirmation of what should be, but he talked about this is the most confident confident that he's ever been. Well, it, I would think. You've played football here for 20 years. I'd like to think. And after the season he just had and the weapons he has around him, there's no doubt Jordan Travis ought to be, in terms of confidence, we bring up that word a lot, man. That is is really important to all athletes, really, any walk of life. If you're trying to be great at something, I mean, it certainly helps to have an awful lot of confidence, and it can't be false bravado. It has to be because of the work. And one of the things I think we know as Florida State fans, if you're rooting for Florida State, one of the things that you love is you know that Jordan Travis is a is a workaholic. Like he has put in the time. He puts in the time. He cares deeply about this. And so his reward is that he's gone from being sort of uh, – uh, and also ran and not somebody you ever thought would be a quarterback or a starting quarterback here, let alone a really good one, to a guy that is now going to a Manning camp and is a Heisman candidate. That is a remarkable run. When Alex Hornibrook is in front of you and when you go, like as I said, and go out and get a one-footed quarterback to come in here, I mean, obviously there were lots of guys that he you know, had to watch get opportunities, and I'm sure in those moments he wondered whether or not it was ever going to work out for him. Uh, and now here he is as the man at Florida State, confident he's, as, as confident as he's ever been with a bevy of weapons to choose from and an offensive line that is the best that's been assembled here arguably this century. Well, and he's motivated as hell. That's the thing. Sometimes when a guy is boring in an interview or not a fiery leader on, on the field itself, and Jordan isn't, he'll chirp back and forth with the defense, but he's not exactly somebody who's going to rah-rah and he makes sure that the camera is there for the pregame speech that he's firing everybody up with. That's just not his style. You might say, does this kid love the game? He loves the hell out of football. Oh, yeah, one. and he likes to prepare for it. And number two, he and his family took notes whenever there was not a believer. He's got that, <laughs> yeah, he's got that thing. Yeah, there's a chip, yeah. But, I mean, his brother Devin, who I covered on the ground when yep. he was here at Florida State, that was my beat reporting days. Fun guy to talk to, too. Oh, that Devin great. was great, yeah. Uh, an extremely protective brother. Yeah. That dude will fire off on Twitter at a moment's notice if he perceives a slight about I, Jordan. He needs to slow his roll and all that. Now, so a lot of it was real for years. A lot of it was real. Yeah. But Jordan even said in the interview with Aslan that, you know, my dad came up here. It was great to bring him with me. Oh, he, yeah. He remembers when I got booed in the stands. He brings that up a lot, too, the Notre I mean, Dame game. So what does that mean? When these three guys are in a group text or in a car driving somewhere, they're talking about how Jordan has been doubted, and that is the fire that allows him to be the competitor that he is. Well, it works and, out well, Tom, because he's doubted now in the NFL. There aren't too many teams lining up to draft Jordan Travis. Let's just say it. And yeah. you know what? I get it. I get it. He's undersized. He's had an injury history here. He, you know, I mean, listen, he gets through this year without any injury. You're going to, you know, that that's not really something you'll be able to knock him for anymore. Uh, but you do worry about it when he goes to the league. Uh, now, there, there, there are quarterbacks now that, that are very much dual-threat quarterbacks that can dominate in that league in a way that they never used to. So, uh, the, the landscape has changed in a way that allows him to certainly be a viable prospect in the league. Several years ago, he might not have even gotten drafted, despite how dynamic he was on the football field in college. Now he certainly will. There's no doubt he will. And he continues to improve himself as a passer, a pocket passer. And so that will go a long way because everybody can see that he can run. Everybody knows that he's able to make you miss. Everybody knows that he's fast, elusive. Um, he's all those things. He's, he runs with great vision. But, again, every step forward he takes as a passer from the pocket 
reading defenses, going through option one, two, and three, all those moments this upcoming year will lead to him getting drafted uh, that much higher than we ever thought possible. So the chip on the shoulder thing works for him for a lot of reasons. The, the past is real, what you're talking about, but then also because I'm sure he reads those write-ups on the quarterbacks that are, you know, the 10 quarterbacks being talked about at the end of this year that are going into the NFL draft. Well, Jordan's not going to be one of the first four or five talked about until we start seeing those magnificent plays again on Saturday. I mean, because you're going to you're going to start watching that if he if he balls out against LSU on a national stage again and goes nuts in that game and they win be, in large part because of him, you can start the the hype machine that will help him greatly and I do like that. I don't think he I don't think he clamors for that. I think he's just it's the it's the work that he's putting in that yeah. leads to that. Well, I mean, it's got to be something that allows you to go from a platoon player to a Heisman favorite. He's one of the favorites. He's top 3 in terms of future odds to win the Heisman trophy. So, you don't get from A to B without an intense passion uh, within. And it's just amazing to think that, you know, it'll mark 2 years in, in just under a month. But 2 years ago, he told us at the ACC kickoff in Charlotte, when he was watching Mackenzie Milton have six dudes to his one at their respective tables, mm -hmm. that he was going to give up the game. He believed. He believed what people were saying, that he wasn't good enough or that he would have to change positions or whatever. And it's gone from there to here exponentially so. And it's not just his ability as a runner that has put him in this position. It is the growth as a passer. But then the things that they've always remarked about the coaching staff before we could really see it on the field, the run checks, the understanding of what a defense is trying yeah. to do to him. His familiarity with the offense. His knowing, yeah, yeah where, where do I go with the ball if mm -hmm. this happens? Like, he clearly has the command between the ears. It's a different type of command than Jameis had. Jameis was prototypical old school. You know, he's a not a pocket passer per se because Jameis was more athletic than his bulky build would suggest. But Jameis' mind processed like a standard professional quarterback. Yeah. Well, that definition has changed. And Jordan absolutely fits the new definition. And he's smart enough to handle it. Yeah, and I, I like that. Um, you know, when he does have a chance to talk, I don't care that it's, in my opinion, somewhat boring. When he talks about winning the play in front of you, uh, win the game in front of you, uh, the accolades are nice. It's cool to hear people say nice things about you, but it's about winning this next moment, and that will lead to the greater uh, success that you're all striving for. Which for this team, you know. From the head coach on down, they've kind of alluded to the fact that they were not going to shirk uh, the re the responsibilities and the and and ignore the expectations. They understand that this is a team that should win the ACC, they should win the conference, and they should have an opportunity to maybe be one of the teams certainly talked about as a college football playoff team. I th I think they accept that and like that and are willing to uh, you know deal with what comes with that, which is hyper focus and attention and criticism and all the other stuff. Well, it's another part of the interview. You can find the whole one on one on Warchant TV, but this is another part that stood out to me because I remember for bowl practice last year, Mike Norvell said in a post practice, uh, it was here in Tallahassee. Yep. They weren't doing the prep on site. He said the word championship. He said championship expectations, I believe, precisely, and. That's one of the Q&As here in that one-on-one -on -one with Aslan was he's saying that to the players. He's never done that before. Yeah. They had goals for an ACC championship perhaps last season, but Mike Norvell has not spoken it out loud as aggressively as he has this offseason. It's the first time it's happened, so it caught the attention of the locker room. It caught the attention of the quarterback. Mike Norvell chooses his words carefully. He told us that. But it's all gas now. <laughs> it's all gas now.
Yeah. I mean, when you get to a place, Florida State is the kind of place. This is why people, whenever we have conversations about what ought to be and what Florida State is and where they're going and where they still need to improve and all that other stuff, like, you know, again, you're not a victim of your success. The expectations in Tallahassee and at Florida State, at a place like Florida State for all coaches, is that you come here to coach to win a national championship. And so in Mike's eyes, I'm sure when he got the opportunity and when they first contacted him about interviewing for this job, it wasn't about, you know, winning eight games. It was about winning the national championship and having this opportunity to coach at a legendary place like Florida State, a place that when you're operating at peak efficiency means you can win national championships, not conference championships, national championships. That's been the goal from day one, has to be. And now they have their first sniff of what it feels like to be good again, what it feels like to have real expectations. I don't know that certainly Florida State's not the odds-on favorite to win the national championship. But, you know, when you see a team like TCU make the college football playoff last year and make it to the final game, now, granted, they got beat 190 to nothing. But that said, they were in it. They got there. They won a playoff game, uh, as flukish as that may have seemed. Uh, when, when a team like that makes the college football playoff, from a conference like the Big 12, right, so you're saying it's not a great conference. Well, neither is the ACC. couple good teams in the Big 12, couple good teams in the ACC, that's it. You, you, you kind of look at those parallels and say, yeah, that could be us. We, we can get there. I'd like not to get beat a thousand to nothing, but I mean, yeah, like that's it's a reasonable expectation with what they've been able to bring in offensively the whole season. And I'm going to repeat this over and over and over again. The whole season is based on what the defense does. Now, we any of us could throw out the idea that the season hinges upon Jordan Travis's health. Well, every team that has some sort of championship level aspiration. You could probably say that about if they lose their starting quarterback, they're screwed. Well, yeah, man, that's the problem when you lose your starting quarterback. Ain't too many teams that are going to withstand that. There have been a few. There are some in history, recent history even. That Ohio State team apparently could win it with their third-string quarterback. But my point is it's pretty rare. And you're right. If if, if he gets hurt, we're, we're not winning much, I don't think. We'll win plenty of regular season games. We're just not winning a championship of any kind if we don't have Jordan Travis. But – the whole season is on the defense. It's whether or not you're good enough and deep enough off the edge. You have two good starters, one really good starter, and another one who's a rising star, but you don't have a ton behind it. You don't have plus players at linebacker. You've got uh, average players there. I think Deloach could end up being a plus player, so let's let's hope that that happens. And then the secondary, you know, you're, you're pretty average there. I do happen to think Shaheen Brown's going to have a good season. I think he's going to have a real good season. I think he's a real talent. I don't think he was healthy in the spring, and I think when he's healthy in the fall, you're going you're gonna to have faith in him. Um, but th- this whole season really comes down to whether or not you can get stops against good offenses. I mean, you're not going to get a ton of stops. The game's not designed that way anymore. The rules aren't designed that way anymore. Everybody scores a lot of points, uh, even on the best defenses, if they have a good offense. I mean, that Georgia-Ohio State game is evidence of that, right? Georgia's loaded and couldn't get a stop to save their life. Probably should have lost the football they game. They should have lost the football game. Yeah. So this is my point. You're, you're going to face some offenses where you know they're going to score. When I say play good defense, I'm talking about holding people to 24 or less in the games against good offenses. And if you do that, you're going to win probably all your games. Florida State's offense is good enough that they'll score more than 24 points against virtually everybody they play. Yeah, you're allowed to be optimistic, too, because what what if Cypress is the player that Pro Football Focus says he is? What if Shaheen Brown is healthy for all 12 games? We know Greedy Vance is going to be solid. We know Renardo Green is going to be solid, if not both of them being outright good. So if you tell me that two other members of the secondary are good, 
that changes the conversation a little bit. Because now you can cover. Now you can mix up what you want to do. Shaheen Brown around the line of scrimmage. You can bring him on blitzes, whatever, to augment different looks. And Adam Fuller's talked about getting more aggressive on the ball. Well, you can force the action a little bit more. Maybe we don't have blitzes that take seven seconds to get home. <laughs> and that are dead given away prior to the snap. Yeah. If we're looking for a candidate to execute that, I would say Shaheen Brown would be your top candidate to be able to execute pressures. But if you have four players in the secondary, that's before I talk about Akeem Dent or Nazari Thomas development or any other player. If you have four players that are good in the secondary, you feel better about your chances to get to that level of that threshold of 24 points per game. Without question, because your defensive line is good this year. It's not riddled with injury. It's not thin. It's deep. It's talented. Knock on wood, they stay healthy. That's always hard in the trenches. But it's really good. And so you're going to stop the run. You're going to go into games with the ability to make somebody one-dimensional. And that's where turnovers, forced turnovers happen. That's when teams are behind the chains and you bring the house or you have opportunities to jump routes, those kinds of things. You take some chances. They didn't have that a year ago. Offenses with a pulse last year, like a really good offense to, to a plus offense, could actually run the ball on us. And when that happened, you're in trouble. And, and I think we can take that away. Now, here's the good news, everybody, as we go to break. Is Florida State physical enough on defense is the question I'm asking, right? When I talk about playing good defense, that's kind of what you're asking. Are you physical enough to make somebody one-dimensional, to shut down the running game, to, you know, enforce uh, what it is you want to do, your principles. Are you good enough, deep enough, physical enough to do that? Well, LSU will, will tell us because their offensive line is really good and they're going to run the ball. So here you go. And they'll be motivated beyond the normal opening game and implications because last year they got bullied in the, on both trenches, mm -hmm. in both trenches. Yeah. Which is something that I don't think happened to them a whole lot the rest of the year. But uh, they got LSU, bullied. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, look, that game is going to be extremely physical. First game of the year. The, both teams had a little taste of it a year ago, so there's a little bit of revenge status for LSU, who lost a heartbreaker and obviously wants to avenge that. Florida State understands the message it's sending if you win that game and what it does for you in terms of the get-out-of-jail-free card. So there's a lot, of, there's a lot on the line. There are a lot of elite athletes on the field. There are two intense coaches. And as much as I don't like Brian Kelly, he's a good football coach. They'll be prepared and ready to go. That is going to be physical because that's how you try to offset that elite athleticism is you punch people in the face. This is, this is where that – and they both have that ability. So the test that I'm asking is going to get answered early. And it's right now 69 days away. Camps a lot sooner than that, friends. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's jeff cameron show 
Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. On a Monday, hope you're well. Thanks for listening to it tonight. The College World Series ends. We will have a national champion, and it will either be LSU or Florida. An indicator of just how good these two teams are and how far away Florida State is from being one of these two teams wouldn't just be the fact that they're playing each other for a national championship. If you'd rather look just the quality of depth and talent on these two rosters, all you got to do is project ahead to Major League Baseball's draft, which is July 17th through the 19th, right? Or is that uh, – that's coming up soon enough, right? Am I wrong about that? It's coming up a little sooner than that, I think, actually. Let me it's around the corner. Yeah, it is around the corner. I'm well, not wrong about that. The NHL draft's on Wednesday. I'm sure that's what you were thinking about. Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> – <laughs> Who you got going number one there, buddy? You don't. It's uh, the Bedard, Connor Bedard kid. I was teasing you. I didn't expect you to have a pick for number one. Uh, Every five years or so, they have the guy. This is another one of those years where they have the guy. Chicago's getting him. So here's what I here here was my point though. I wanted to to make uh, baseball's draft is 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 upcoming, and you're starting to see mocks, and and that's what's come out so far. But when you watch these two teams play, and I've watched a lot of the College World Series. Surprised I got sucked into it. I've really rather enjoyed it. Um, obviously, I'm rooting against Florida, as we all are, as really a nation should be. But uh, when I when I watch this, uh, one of the things that stands out is, again, the talent disparity between where these teams are, several teams actually in the College World Series, and where Florida State is. Now, obviously, Link's got a tall task at hand trying to get that turned around. He's always brought in, already brought in a lot of guys. It's funny, the Pirates, uh, Tom, will have the number one pick in the draft, so I'm watching very keenly here because we could either take Paul Skeens, who probably pitches quite a bit tonight, or Dylan Cruz, both of LSU. By the way, the number one and two picks in the draft are probably going to be LSU players. And if they're not, the third pick, who might be the second pick, is an outfielder at the University of Florida, followed by another outfielder at the University of Florida. You get the drift here as you look at the draft projections in the first round. LSU, LSU, Florida, another Florida guy. There's another. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. What are the high school kids doing? They playing soccer? No, no high school kids. A, in the top a, four. There's a ton of high school kids after that, and there's one or two that they think may actually get brought in there too. But you're you're talking about elite level talent on display every night during this thing. And I one one thing to point out here, I went this morning to see. I, I wanted an indicator as to whether or not Paul Skeens was going to pitch because he's not on his normal rest. And you would like to watch him pitch. He's freaking evil, and people who have paid attention to college baseball knows this, know this, but it, he's, you know, he's thrown a lot, and it's not his normal rest. But when the odds came out today, LSU was favored. And I thought, well, that's probably telling you what Vegas thinks. Um, LSU is a favorite at 
minus 145 on the money line. Florida plus 115 is the underdog. The run line has LSU minus a run and a half at plus 115 juice. Uh, Florida at plus one and a half, minus 145. All right, so there, there are your odds. What is it telling you after a 24-4 ass shellacking that LSU took yesterday uh, in which uh, balls left the yard on the regular? Well, mm. it's telling you that uh, they believe the ace for LSU is going to pitch in some capacity tonight. Uh, maybe not start, but the fact that they're favored – means that they think Paul Skeens is going to play. Yeah, a little mad bum action. Second time through the order, here he comes. You got to go. I mean, you got. I mean, this is it. This is the end of the season. This is the whole shebang, man, trying to win a national championship. And Florida's offensive lineup is too good not to have a, a, an elite pitcher out there against them. The good news for LSU is they do have Thatcher Hurd back as well. He was rested. Uh, they got the other Thatcher? kid. Hmm? Thatcher? Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Yeah, he's a baseball player. Uh. By the way, somewhere along the way, as we got old, the name Griffin as a first name became popular. They have another; yeah. p- they have a pitcher named Griffin Herring, um, who's also good. And my uh, generation had quite a few Griffins. Really, yeah. and mine had none. There was zero Griffins when I grew up. Nobody was named Griffin unless it was their last name. So now we're Peter always Griffin. doing MLB the show, and I see you know, I mean MLB the show, MLB probables. We do at the end of the show is what I'm trying to say. I uh, there's like Griffin Canning. There's another Griffin. I'm like, where are all these Griffins coming from? Florida will start uh, uh, the the Caglione kid or whatever the superstar freak who's Joe Castiglione. He's he's an unbelievable player. That's the one thing you know. When they came here, we were over at football practice. I said something about it the next day on the air. We're trying to compare and contrast where we're at as a French as a program compared to these two programs and several others. And I walked down and watched Florida take batting practice. Uh, oh, we must have been doing special teams. We were. And, uh, I, man, the whole time that I watched that, I was like, every kid that walked in there into the cage to hit was 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, they were all 220-plus. They were all hitting bombs off the tent. There was just effortless power everywhere. They had a legit 6'7", first baseman. I was like, this is ridiculous. Everywhere you look, they look like major leaguers. Well, they trust O'Sullivan. He's a good man, apparently. <laughs> Stand-up guy. You know, it's so funny how, you know, they, what do you do? I mean, how would you ever broach that as a broadcast? I mean, that guy, <laughs> people can do some internet sleuthing. They'll find out all about that guy. But, yeah. He is as he looks. Yeah, he Never did. looked right, did he? You know what he is. Yeah. You know. You know. Yeah, and that story is insidious. It looked a little off. It's awful. Kind of like uh, Venables. You know, if something came out about Venables, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I believe it. Well, and there's no evidence of this, everybody. No, no, no evidence. But this if, is Sports Talk Radio if right now. What, if what came out about Venables was that he was hopped up on goofballs, yeah, you'd go, would. yeah, yeah, he's hopped up on goofballs while drinking Red Bull. Yeah. Sure, agreed, no doubt. But I wouldn't say the same about him that we do. No, no, it's different. But you look at O'Sullivan, you're like, man, something ain't right. What, what is that? It's a strange guy. Don't trust him. Remember when he lost his team during that whole stuff off the field and they got pasted at home yeah. uh, in the regional, like 20-something to whatever that was, and everybody's like, what just happened to them? Like, even if O'Sullivan walked into the showroom or the lobby area of, let's say, you're getting your car fixed, you know, and he's making a recommendation. 
he's like, well, here's what I found. Here's what it's going to cost. I don't believe you. <laughs> not for a second. <laughs> I don't trust you. I'm not buying it. No. I'm going to the place down the road, man. No, thank you. Well, whether it's Dylan Cruz that goes one or Paul Skeens that goes one, uh, those are two guys. Uh, Wyatt Langford for Florida is projected to go in the top five. And it's just, you're kind of like, man, be nice to roll out there to the College World Series with four or five guys that are going to get drafted in the first effing round. And when you watch Dylan Cruz and you see what he's done this year and last year, and you look, it's just, you're, you're kind of just reminded uh, that there's a look to certain guys. And, and, and I'm not saying you got to be giant to play baseball. There are a lot of guys under six feet tall that play really high-level baseball. Uh, that's not it. But there is a certain look to that team, to LSU's team and to Florida's team, that makes ours look tiny in every way. And it's, it's frustrating. By the way, the Paul Skeens uh, kid is six foot six, two 245 pounds. And when you watch him throw, you're like, yep. Yes, that is a man throwing 101 miles per hour. 88 over the outer half. He's throwing 101 on the corners, buddy. 102 up in the zone, and he's still doing it in the eighth. 88 for a changeup, maybe. <laughs> it's just so, you're like, that's not finesse. That's that's uh, it's two two runners in first and second. I'm gonna throw this 103 miles per hour. You're not gonna hit it. We don't have that guy. Take it as you will. <laughs> Frustrating. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War TV. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. By the way, on the subject of college baseball and how far Florida State's fallen, you can kind of throw Miami into that mix, too, who decided to stay with J.T. Artiega uh, and make him the – J.D. Artiega, I should say, uh, make him the head coach, um, much to the chagrin of diehard Miami fans. Uh, he's been an assistant coach at Miami for 21 years, and those are the years that Miami fans are upset about. So they weren't real happy that he got elevated to the job. But here's what I was going to tell you, and I remember him um, as a pitcher. But uh, this is crazy. Miami has advanced to the College World Series twice in the last 15 years. In 15 and 16 under Jim Morris, and uh, and that's it. They were the number nine ranked team, uh, seed, I should say, of the 64 teams in the tournament this year before being ousted in the first round by Texas. So, uh, yeah, I know we were all heartbroken there. But Radakovich was said to have interviewed Troy Tulowitzki, who's an assistant at Texas. Uh, and a nut for the game. Yeah. He loves crazy. Baseball. Loves baseball. Wake Forest's Tom Walter, South Carolina's Mark Kingston, Marlins pitch, uh, assistant coach, former UN player, John Jay, whose pants were entirely too tight when he played. Uh, Chris Le- Left a mark on you. Oh, it's it's disturbing. Every time he'd come to the plate, I'm like, really? Really with these pants? Jesus, man. Uh, Duke's Chris Pollard and former LSU coach, coach Paul Maneri. Uh, by the way, the the Paul, Chris Pollard from Duke withdrew his name. Like no, I'm I'm better off here at Duke than going to Miami. I don't like what I've seen. 
it's interesting. Um, just it, it's again. I mean, I know this isn't. We don't care about Miami, and we would just assume spit on them. But what I'm saying is that uh, just just taking a look at uh, programs in the state, it's Florida and everybody else, and it's not close in baseball. And that happened kind of both slowly and all at once. And it's been that way for about 10 years now. Maybe longer. Maybe. But, yeah. Hurtful. It just sucks. It fuels the fire, buddy. I'm sure nobody's more pissed about that than Link. But uh, there's work to be done, and they're doing it right now. But it, it's going to be a minute. We, since 2001, we've been to the CWS five times. The hell is that? Rubbish. By the standards of yesteryear. Oh, of course. Yeah. Just rubbish. It is. Um, and that's why you have to hope that this gets turned around sooner rather than later. With the additions that they've already made this offseason, Florida State will be a better program next year than last. How could they not? Uh, you see the quality of player that they're bringing in. It's just that you realize there's a lot more to do and it doesn't happen overnight. And so, you know. You just hope that this gets to where you're back competing in the league again and, and, you know, playing in the postseason. And then you'll start to look at the team makeup and see if you're close enough to go back out to Omaha and make a real run at it. The parallels between what Mike Norvell went through and what Link Jarrett is currently going through, uh, they're not, you know, up and down the line exactly the same, but there are quite a few. And the the composition of the roster and the look of it, just the look of it, as you said, when you – Taking a batting practice of oh, UF coming to town. Yeah, it's, it's flabbergasting. Yeah. You take a look at many of the teams that made it to the College World Series. Well, Not all of them. No. But, and what they have coming out of the pen. It just reminds me of going to the uh, off-season workouts. The tour of duty, as they call it now, under Mike Norvell. I couldn't think of it. The match drills. And thinking, this team better be the most angry bunch yeah. ever. And, and I remember thinking. Kind of chippy and dirty. Because it's not going to be third and two, and you could just run the – I mean, you're going to lose three yards on third and two if you try to run the ball. I just remember laughing at that, though, Tom. Not – not not. You, you made the comment. You were right. You were like, well, I mean, you were trying to find a path. <laughs> well, I, well what I wanted, what's it going to take to make a bowl is but, what I was thinking. But my thought was that, you know, when you said that at that time, when you were like, you know, man, they better really be scrappy and tough and kind of borderline dirty if they're going to – I was like, man, bigger, stronger, faster is real. I don't care how chippy you are. If I'm bigger, stronger, faster, you're screwed. You'd be the chippiest damn guy in the world. Not at the end of Bobby's time. So a lot you know, of bigger, stronger, faster here that lost. That's what my hope. Well, was. that was we my rationalization too. Yeah, no, I'm I mean, looking for. I mean, we weren't going to be Clemson, but you know, I need uh, Wake Forest to not be paying attention on a given Saturday. I need NC State to slip up, yeah. even though they have bigger, stronger, faster, because we certainly don't. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that now. Uh, you're still not all the way back on defense, but you are pretty close to all the way back on offense, without a doubt. And something, as I circle back now to the beginning of the show where we're talking about Jordan Travis's development, where he's at, and what we expect to see in the future here. Uh, you know, obviously Luke Cromanhawk was here, and he's an FSU commit, and every time that anybody watches him play football, he gets better and better and better, and uh, it's exciting to watch his growth as well as he becomes a more high-profile star of the game. Um, or com- recruit, but but I also like just the way that he continues to talk up Florida State and talk about uh, the players that he thinks are on the verge of committing to Florida State and all that. You know, good news coming, quote unquote, from what Hawk had to say, and that's great. You want a ringleader like that. You want a guy who's a high profile guy at that position 
really kind of leading the charge. But you marry that with the transfer portal and Keon Coleman and Jordan Travis talking about what he's seen from him so far, uh, his mindset, his work ethic, uh, and, and how hard he prepares every day. And that's cool to hear as well because that's what you have to have. You have to have not just athleticism, but a willingness to, to put in the work and to come in here and get along. And that's been the thing that's really been surprising is that Florida State's use of the transfer portal heavily, uh, obviously, has led to this great success and rapid turnaround, but they've somehow married it uh, with a kumbaya in the locker room that wouldn't seem to fit a transfer portal team. So that's because it hasn't just been, are you a good player? It has been, are you a good player? Obviously, we wouldn't be talking to you if you weren't. Are you a good player? Do you feel a need? And can you come in here and do what we're asking you to do? And will you keep you know keep this thing moving along swimmingly? Or are you going to be a problem? Are you going to be uh, the squeaky wheel? Are you going to be somebody we have to worry about poisoning in the locker room? And so far, the answers have been a resounding no. They have figured out that formula. They've been able to get the yeses from the right kinds of guys. And so that's the first I've heard another player comment on Keon Coleman. We saw him play at Michigan State. We know what kind of talent he is. We know the measurables. So you already knew he could come in and be an impactful player just because of who he is physically. But you do, again, when you're relying on the portal, you better hope that you get the right guys that come in here and aren't just athletic, but also guys that fit the work ethic that locker room currently provides. And so it sounds like, at least now, I don't, do I think Jordan would roll him under the bus in June uh, in an interview at the Manning camp? No. But – I don't, also don't think he'd go out of his way to talk about how hard he's working if no. he wasn't. No, and I don't think he's a reverse psychology guy who would, you know, go. <laughs> Jameis was. Yeah, Jameis was. Jameis was. Yeah. Ja- yes, but Jordan doesn't strike me as, as somebody who'd use that type of a tactic. So, yeah, I take it on its face. I think it also implies that, again, in the NIL sphere, everybody is well taken care of that needs to be well taken care of. Because you have people act out when they don't believe that they are compensated at the level that they deserve. So, obviously, Keon Coleman would have never come here if that part of the presentation was not where it needed to be. But I'm just saying, if you look at multi-year transfers and how this roster is shaken out and a lot of the veterans, they're still bought in. And they're all working together, which means that there isn't infighting and checking each other's pockets, which is really important. And it's a unique challenge to this era of college football. But I'm sure you also noted as well that Jordan did comment, and Aslan did ask about Destin Hill. Destin Hill, Hill. yeah. Yeah, same thing. Same thing, work ethic, athletic, all that. That's good to hear. Well, we said when we were having fun with the top 40 and we were talking about guys that could surprise. Friday's show last week when we were doing, uh, or Thursday's show, I should say, we were doing ISF, solving for the future. And as we were attempting to solve for the future, uh, a couple of guys, we, we, we were talking about, Who's somebody we're not really leaning upon heavily, not somebody we're talking about all that much, um, that may surprise and be a big impact uh, on this year's team and the success of this year's team. And a couple people said Destin Hill. And, you know, listen, if he's football ready, there's yeah. the explosiveness plays now. Yes, and, and it would on special teams immediately as you get used to the offense and as you gain chemistry with Jordan Travis. To, to watch us have to sort out all of the receivers in this fall's camp is going to be really fun to watch. Let them it's, fight. It's, you know, the first couple of weeks, you can mix things around. You can be liberal with that. But then the you know from that point towards LSU, you kind of have to shrink it down, let Tate and AJ and Brock work with the second teamers because you've got to get on the same page. 
but you've got a lot of different skill sets that Jordan Travis will work with. He knows most of them, but guys who've had some bumps and bruises. I mean, so how do you fit Span and Darion Williamson and Kentron into the equation or Winston Wright if they're all healthy? Let's just say they're all fully up to speed and good to go. How do you fit them into the equation with Destin and Vandravius and then obviously your two pillars on the outside? What a wonderful problem. Holy what cow. What a wonderful problem to have. That My is, goodness gracious. You talk about competition in one-on-ones. It's the kind of competition that leads people to transfer. Good. That's where you got to be. You have to be at a place where you're constantly worried that one of your players who you kind of like is going to transfer. That's where I'm at with the running back room. I know that one of those guys, probably more than one, is going to take it on down the road after this year. They're going to be pissed. But it's after this year because if somebody goes down for a game or two, there's your opportunity. High-profile offense, a lot of primetime kicks this year coming. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's, it's an awesome situation to be in where you're like, oh, well, you know what? Just have too much talent there, guys. Somebody's going to leave us. It already happened with Ward. I mean, that's kind of where you're at. Malik? Yeah, I mean, and that's unfortunate, but that's where you want to be. You want to constantly be in a place where – you know, the threat of somebody taking it to greener pastures is very real because they're just not going to touch the ball enough. And I think our receiving core is now in that place. Somebody in this group is going to ride out after this year out of frustration. Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm not saying you're required to do it. I mean, you could hang in there and then take that, you know, mature approach to working hard, getting better, and then seeing your opportunities grow by the time you're a junior or a senior. But not everybody's that patient these days. The exciting thing is now that he's on board, because we had these hypotheticals, and I was wondering aloud if Keon Coleman would upset the apple cart when it comes to the NIL hierarchy. Like, how much is he asking for? Because clearly the way he treated his free agency, if you will, was yeah. aggressive. Yeah. Thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, do you really need this? But now that he's here and everything's kumbaya, Jordan will trust you in a one-on-one. I cannot wait to watch Keon Coleman in fall camp go to work in one-on-ones because he fights through contact. He will initiate it. Mm-hmm. He is vicious at times when it's a one-on-one jump ball situation. Jordan loves to throw that ball, so I can't wait to see what he actually looks like against some of our defensive backs. This was kind of like a nice tub talk with our folks at Pinch a Penny, making it really easy to finally get the hot tub or spa that you've been thinking about. Now's the time for me to tell the fine folks about that, Tommy. You can put... Uh... A northwest hot tub in your backyard, one of these big giant ones, these these huge. Put it in the southeast wing. It's $99 a, uh, $99 a month. Installation, hot tub covers included there. Uh, I have gone in there and spoken with the owner personally, and uh, he said that this is uh, the most aggressive that they've been this summer with uh, these deals. They've got 50 hot tubs and spas in stock right now. Showroom is massive. It's over 12,000 square feet. If you want to relax... You can afford to do it now. $99 a month will get you one of these kick-ass hot tubs. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with.